What you're about to hear is the second half of the YouTube live stream that we performed a week or so ago, but we've added to this audio interpretation of the program with lots of clips of the moments in the greatest hits, you might say, of Gareth Jones on Speed that we mentioned in the show. Once again, here's some messages from people who, in some ways, are connected to this programme. Someone who's written many quizzes for this podcast over the years and is the on-speed Uber fan, Dave Stebbings. Hi, gang. Many congratulations for reaching 400 episodes. To put it in perspective, when you first started 15 years ago, Alonso was on course for a world title with Renault. And Lando Norris was only five years old. As some might say, bloody hell! Here's a message from a long-time fan of the show, who I'm sure speaks for all fans, Alex O'Dell. Hi Gareth, Zog, Richard, Sarah. Congratulations on 400 shows. It's an amazing achievement, and I'm sure you're looking forward to making the next 400, as we all are to listen to them. And congratulations to Violet sons one and two and Finn because I know it's a whiz-bang family effort best bit for me oh easy it was the 10th anniversary bash in London which was one of the most bizarre and entertaining nights out I've ever had especially with the hilarious showing up of Mr Bumhat Hello, I'm Lumsden Bumhat off of the F1, and congratulations on 400 episodes of Gareth Jones on Speed. When you record the show, it's very nice. You go to Gareth's house, there's pizza, there's beer, there's ice cream, and there's intervention from the cats as well. And hopefully we can do it again in future if it wasn't just for this bastard virus. See you soon. Bye. Oh, Lumsden, actual bum hat. Richard. I have two questions. Yeah. Why did he get ice cream? I've never been on <laughs> ice cream. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, no, I thought that too, actually. Say, <laughs> say, Sarah, ever get ice cream around the garage? I can see this no is going to become a major point of contention now. Oh, he's I, off the telly. You can have some ice cream. Ted likes his puddings. Cream. We're on to you. The second question is, Alex, are those your real curtains or did you put them up just for that video? I kind of need to know. They're great curtains. Thanks for the message, Alex and Dave. It's great Thank you for the message, Thank well. you. And, Do you remember it was episode 200 where we did a sort of a video stream via something else called Ustream or something? And I set up a little backdrop here that was originally a checkerboard thing like Alex O'Dell had there. And it was too detailed, so I changed it to a black thing. And Richard, you observed we looked like some illicit terrorist organisation. Three of us sitting in front of a table with a black backdrop. Should have had people there with guns behind us. It's out there. It's still out there. Episode 200, a video episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. So how about that? We do video episodes live video while well, every 200 shows that's a reason to keep going isn't it yeah there's some I'll, milestones I'll there my diary. well who knows how, how many oh, more hello, are they going to be hang on what this just in alex says those are my real curtains my mum made them some 25 years ago Your wow. mum's <laughs> i think checkered flag curtains could be problematic though because the black parts obviously very good at keeping the room dark on summer mornings but the white parts woof. No, you're going to need you, a lining you, on there. I hope your mum put a lining. Yeah, you need a good lining on the background, and you'd have a decent blackout. I'm sure if Alex's mum is cool enough to make those curtains, I'm sure she's cool enough to have given them a good blackout lining. Yeah. Stylistic <laughs> yeah. thing: Would you have checkerboard as a pattern 
on the fabric of the seats of your car. I like tartan or plaid the way that they used to do it in the Golf. Would you have, what would be your perfect interior, guys? Would it be checkerboard? Would it be tartan? What would you choose? Zog? No, those are both way too patterned, way too loud. I'd prefer something much more muted. I want... Uh, Zog, 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 mate, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have got live, it's a developing story, this, really. Alex's curtains have a dark blue lining. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. That solves the... But yeah, I think the colour's going to depend on the vehicle. But generally, I think I want a flat colour, probably something quite muted. And I want Alcantara or leather. Richard, favourite interior? We see, I do quite like those check seats that you got in Porsches in the 70s and early yeah. 80s. Pasha, the, the fabric was called. And it's, a very, it's a fine check. And it's very nice. I just saw somebody in the comments, for some reason, use the phrase seats covered in Sir Jackie Stewart's trues. Um, Racing Stewart. Well, it's quite a good way of describing the interior of the Volkswagen Up GTI. Yeah, which yeah. Is a car that I really like. So, um, black, white, and red, isn't it? Yeah, sort of yeah. black and red kind of tartan. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, but Jackie Stewart's got two tartans. He's got his own, which he had on his helmet, which is Stewart. And they created one for the Stewart F1 team, Racing Stewart, which is rather nice. I wouldn't mind a pair of Drews. I need a kilt in that for myself to wear. Quite enjoy that. Sarah, interior of your car, what would it be? Oh, it would just be the modern day leather seats, heated seats. Heated. <laughs> so it's the Australian the, uh, girl in the winter in Britain. You're correct. going for comfort. Okay. Practicality, practicality over style. Absolutely. Although, you know, I think I would probably be comfortable with a retro look just for a little while. Retro. Um, again, sorry, I've got another little update on Go something on. I said before. Violet has dived into the comments and pointed out that we have had lollies round at your house before, and that is I true. I brought, I brought along popcorn ones. But under the articles of Poudon, I think oh, you will find lollies don't technically count as pudding. An well, ice cream does, I, but a I lolly doesn't. A, I think we were offered a choice, and there were different types of lollies. So, yeah, I'm happy to set the record straight. We have had freezer products at your house. Ice cream is better than lollies. Yeah,あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの
Oh, yeah, that was good. I like that. I thought that was one of. Oh, yeah, that was quite good. Well, it was Hamilton was traveling in time, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, with the doctor. Yeah, the that, doctor that played by Jackie Stewart. Yeah. One of my favourite <laughs> moments in that sketch is where the doctor, Jackie Stewart, the doctor, of course, takes Lewis Hamilton into his Turdis, not a Tardis, which was a blue portaloo, and you hear the audio of the racetrack, and they go inside, and it all becomes very muted suddenly. And that was one of my favourite moments of audio production ever, where I managed to crush the audio, and then they transition through to the large part of the turdis which of course it's bigger on the inside than the outside and you get a bit of reverb gareth jones on speed greatest hit flashback okay and here it is the trophy for the formula one drivers world champion about to be presented here in mexico to oh my goodness a member of the public has somehow got forward and grabbed the trophy and is holding a lock like they won the title. Extraordinary behaviour. And it looks like security are wrestling it from their grasp and shoving the perpetrator back into the crowd. And rightly so. Jesus, Lewis, what were you doing? Getting my trophy, man. Your trophy? You're not the driver's champion. Yeah, I am. Dude, it's been a good trip, but don't spoil it by going all weird again. But I am! Yeah, mate, all the drivers here, they all race in F1 while working in the IT office at a shipping company in Hatfield. Sort your head out, mate. Yeah, whatever. I'm going for a slash. Excuse me, young man. I believe this portable toilet is free. Thanks, man. Well, no way. You're not coming in with me. I am. Get in. I'll explain everything. That's what Flav always says. I heard what you said to your friend and you're right. You are an F1 driver, or you were. There's been some glitch in the timeline, and I'm here to help fix it. Who are you, man? My name is the Doctor. Doctor Who? Yes, that's right. Nah, man, Doctor Who's a woman now. (laughs) A woman Doctor Who? What next? A black F1 champion? Uh, hello? Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Here, help me off with this cloak. Wait a second, you're Jackie Stewart? I am, yes. So you're not really the Doctor, then? At times like these, everyone gets the Doctor they remember from their childhood. Yours is the little Scottish guy, but he was busy, so I'm helping out. This is totally weird, man. Look, do you want to be an F1 driver again? Hells yeah. Right, then you have to listen carefully. Are you familiar with something called the Butterfly Effect? Yeah, man, I had a couple of sick cuts on Rock Nation in 2016, yeah. No, that's not it at all. The butterfly effect is the belief that one small action in one place, such as the beating of a butterfly's wings or the cashing of a cheque, can cause an enormous and potentially awful occurrence in another place, such as a hurricane or a wind for Lance Stroll. Okay. It's my belief that somewhere in the motorsport timeline, something or maybe some things have happened that have caused all of history to alter. The net result of which is that you now find yourself at the 2018 Mexican Grand Prix as a spectator, not a racing driver. Yeah, makes total sense. Not really. But bear with me. Because of historical events not conforming to the timeline, we know that right now we're in an alternate reality where you're not an F1 driver. So we need to go back through F1 history to find the events that didn't happen as our history records and correct them so they do. You can do that? Just as sure as I can drive a car down Silverstone with an egg in a bowl on the bonnet without losing the egg. All right then, man. Let's go back to 2016 and make me champion then too, yeah? 
No, no, no. We can never do anything like that. It's very important that you understand that we cannot change history. We can only nudge it back into line. Do you see? Yeah, whatever. Right then. We need to be logical about this. Logical and safe. You know, when I was working for the Ford Motor Company in the 1970s and 1980s, we always used to look at the safety aspect... Can we just get on with it? ...of a motor car. I mean, it all sounds really cool, you know? But, like, how are we going to travel back in time? I mean, that's not even possible, man. Oh, but it is, my young friend. And this... This? It's a portaloo, man. It's also a time-travelling device. You're taking the piss, man. I assure you, I am not... Although it seems several other people have. Sorry about the smell. Right, so we're going to fly through time and space in this bog? Yes, I call it the TARDIS. And I have to sit here? Oh no, this is just the bathroom. Come through. Oh, yeah, right. Well, this is a lot nicer. What do all these buttons do? Well, these control our destination in space and time. Apart from that one, that's the horn. That was my favourite bit in that sketch, just because you paint the pictures of what's actually happening with sound, because it's an audio podcast, and that was our first requisite, wasn't it? They're the sounds that you don't hear in Formula One. Do you remember the very first episode, we recorded the sounds of tyres going over the kerbs at Silverstone, and if I remember, they'd increased the pressure on the tyres that year, and so the tyres were now more rigid and more resonant, and when they went over the kerbs, they they sort of rang... Gareth Jones on speed. Greatest hit. Flashback. That was one of the things that we've done over the years on speed. Yeah, we've captured those sounds. The sounds of cars at Le Mans, the sounds of the electric and hydrogen fuel cell cars that we've driven and the startup sounds and that sound of going into the TARDIS it's great to be able to work in audio favourite sketches Sog Richard I think my favourite sketches would you know almost any of the Patrick Head sketches or the Flav sketches uh, Ross Brown oh, Ross uh, Brown Ross Brown yeah yeah but not quite as but I think they think Flav Flav and Patrick Head maybe hey. for me on the comedy ladder but you mentioned the Doctor Who sketch that was tremendous writing but it's also having talked a little bit about the music earlier the music that I did for the start of that. The, the Doctor Who the music. fake Doctor yeah. Who theme music. The not-quite-copyright-busting yeah. sort of copy of the Doctor Who theme music is my favourite bit of the music production that I've done for the show. <laughs> really a lot of fun to get into reproducing that particular in you know, a kind of you know, iconic bit of electronic music history this Delia Derbyshire you did well uh, you know groundbreaking bit of TV music I'm glad you say that because I was very happy with the way it turned out that was a personal sort of high point Zog we've got a ZZ Top song on the way you and me that we was do, written yeah. uh, written as we drove back from Scotland in an electric car. Um, I've got a Eurovision song that I've written with Steve Allen Jones, which has actually first appeared in the Doctor Who sketch. It's been fleshed out into a whole Eurovision song about the sounds that Maestros and Montegos made, really. I'm sure you've got something in mind. Are you got any tunes you want to do? What's working up in your musical department? Well, I've, got a, I've got a Blondie number on the back burner at the moment. Is that Friday, um, uh, boy? 
Mm. I, I no, wrote something called it, Friday Boy. It doesn't have a title because it doesn't have the looks. There's no title. It's just the Blondie number. We'll get Melissa to sing that then. And there's another Kraftwerk number on the way. Oh, um, great Kraftwerk to back. But, yeah, the Wolfsburg uh, song is yet to come. Richard, are the Pit Stop Boys going to reform? I think they're probably resting at the moment on account of them having two small children and lots of other things to do. <laughs> so, doesn't ever seem to have the time anymore. I was thinking about this and I was like, it's funny because we used to sort of work into the middle of the night making this show, didn't we, in younger days? Because we would sort of do the main recording and then write some sketches and then perform sketches, but then sometimes there'd be sort of extra bits that we need doing. Because I remember once we did a... I mean, it sort of seems very sad now in light of what's happened, but we did a sketch about the Schumacher sort of at home with Michael and Ralph, I think. That's right, yeah. And I think I said, oh, well, this could do with some sort of oompa music on it. And the next thing, we wrote and performed a, a whole song, a little theme song for the Schumacher sketch that sort of had this oompa beat. He does like to win and he's got a big chin and he drives a Ferrari. He likes a fast car. He wins every day and his brother is Ralph. He's Mike to his pair, but to you as his pair. It's Schumacher. Don't call me Shumi. Don't call me Shumi. Don't call him Shumi. I think we did a Jensen Button one as well. We did one called Definitely. That's it. And then he won a race. We were like, he's hopeless. He can't do anything right. And the next week he ran a race. We had to rewrite the whole thing. He's British. He used to be popular. It's Britpop from Jensen Button. I'm on top of the world I'm literally covered in girls You won't find me looking glum Now I've seen the top bit of the podium No more people laughing at me No more breaking down on lap 23 One win, now I'm a hit And just a month ago everyone thought I was Jensen, Jensen your excuses were repetitive. Definitely. Jensen, Jensen. But now you are competitive. Definitely. You won in Hungary. That was weird. You could have been even faster if you'd lost that bid. Yes, you kept it on the island when the track was wet. Now for heaven's sake, button go and buy a Gillette. Definitely. We've got to well, rewrite the Jensen Button song because these days Jensen Button doesn't say definitely anymore. He says emotional and special. You watch. Next time Jensen Button is on Sky's F1 coverage, the number of times he says emotional and special, oh, that was a really emotional moment. It was a very really special moment. Constantly, it's his default setting. So he's moved on from definitely. I can do a good button right now. As much as I've, I've been in brainstorms all day and I've been talking a lot and I've got a bit of a cold, so... I can do a nice sort of claggy throat like Jensen does. It's emotional. It's very special. Um, <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny because we did used to start to like 3 a.m. just making yep. sketches and stuff like that and recording those Pistol Boy songs, which I sang on. There's no time for that anymore because I'm permanently tired. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Pistol Boys are resting. 
we'll welcome them back at some point. Uh, Chris O'Brien in the comments has said, Richard going on a long trip to tell Jackie Stewart to shut up is another favourite moment. Well remembered, remember yes. That at all. What yeah. happened there? Yeah, if I remember that, Richard said, excuse me a minute, you went out the door, we heard you leave the door, start a car, drove, there was music, you arrive at Heathrow, you hear, bing, bong, give me some flight of it. And you flew all, we heard plane taking off, plane landing, another car, take me to Jackie Stewart's house, please. And you arrive, there's distant bagpipes, you knock on the door, there's doof, doof, doof. Uh, hello? And you say, oh, Jackie, shut up. That was the sketch, as I remember. Gareth Jones on speed. Greatest hit, flashback. I've just remembered there's something I've got to do. Um, wait here. Jackie Stewart. Aye. Why don't you just and it spilled oh. over into after the titles, if I remember as well. I, I remember, remember that because I spent five days editing it. Yeah, they did. God. I'm still enjoying the drinking times because I don't remember that at all. <laughs> maybe you <laughs> well, lost sketches. Maybe yeah. we'll do a kind of a best of. We'll get you guys to vote. If there are any moments that you remember in particular over the 400 episodes of Gareth Jones on Speed, send us an email to onspeed at garethjones.tv or leave it in the message comment here and we'll do a kind of greatest hits show as part of the 400th episode celebrations. We'll dig out some of the more ridiculous sketches. Any moments, definitely find you that remember one. that we don't. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I can't. I feel like I an old person in a home having some photos from their childhood brought to them. Do you remember this? No. Have you taken your pills? right my favorite sketch over the years we've animated um i created some pictures john coombs created some pictures and zog animated them in a brilliantly makeshift fashion i love this zog this is great but this is my favorite yeah one of my favorite sketches arguably my favorite sketch ever from on speed because it deals with a car nuance which i won't give away and also Richard's James Bond voice. At Underground Car Park, Hem, I had you down for more salubrious circumstances. Less of the lip, Bond. This is your final warning. 
I'm giving you one last chance to capture Malbec before I give this assignment to another agent. Relax, Em. I've got this perfectly under control. So you say, 007. Now, get out of here. Good night, Em. Bond! Bond! Bond, that's the new Mondeo! Your Aston's over there! Oh, bugger. I love that because of your Roger Moore voice, because it actually sounds like the real Bond to my ears. Richard, we have to write the sketch for the Christmas show of all our favourite impressions. So we're going to have Roger Moore, we're going to have Flav, we're going to have Patrick Head, we've got to have the two Norwegian Volvo engineers, and Jackie Stewart. Hey, would you like another dram of whiskey, perhaps? We should do that for the I, Christmas I, show. I think that's what you would call in sketch writing a card before sort of sketch. <laughs> but um, yes, one to put on the list. How very spot on Richard's Roger Moore impersonation was. And it helps a little bit to be breathing in while you're doing the Roger Moore voice. Go on, Richard, go yeah. on, go on. Now I think if it's like walking, if you think too hard about it, you can't do it anymore. Or is that just me? So, <laughs> Roger... You sort of breathe in as you're speaking, and it somehow seems to come out like that. It's all in the back of the throat. I've got a sore throat, so I'm better at Jensen Button than I am at Roger Moore, I think, weirdly. Roger Moore clearly never had a sore throat when he was James Bond. Roger Moore can't run, actually. That's Speaking of not being able to walk, have we done that on the podcast before? Roger Moore can't run. If you watch any of his movies, he never runs in them invisible, sort of open ground, because he can't run. And really? when he started, yeah, he started doing the first one, Living Like Die. And he said to the director, they said, okay, this next shot, you're just going to run across here. And he went, no, you don't understand. I can't run. He can ski backwards, but he can't run. How does <laughs> that ski work? backwards, off a cliff, Union flag, parachute, yeah. all that. But yeah, he can't run. So that's a bit of the airfield when he drives the light aircraft through the hangar and knocks the wings off. It's all that sequence. Yeah, yeah. But if you watch, he runs across open ground, but he doesn't. There's a luggage trolley in the way to hide him because apparently he has the most extraordinarily uncoordinated running style. It's not very 007. So when so you, you say know, he can't he, run, it's not that he... He just he's not good He just he looks terrible. Like, yeah. He also look. flinches when he fires guns, so they always had to try and cut around that. Still my uh, favourite Bond. I'm not having a go at the bloke. He's brilliant, yeah. but he wasn't necessarily sort of naturally made to be 007. I'm trying to work out... somehow which, he worked out so well. There are two, well. two Bonds nearest to me, and I can't work out which is the nearest to me. Is he Timothy Dalton from Colwyn Bay? Or is it Daniel Craig who was born in Chester? Because I'm from Hollywell, which is almost exactly halfway between those two places. Perhaps nearer Chester than Colwyn Bay. Is Daniel Craig therefore my favourite Bond? He might be. No, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. He had the car, didn't he? Connery, but I've got a bit of a soft spot for George Lazenby. Of course you have. On A Majesty's Secret Service, uh, which is uh, a tremendous film. He was the Australian um, Bond, wasn't he? Sarah George Lazenby was the third Bond or second. He was Australian, yeah. Okay. Spartacus Mills asking, did the James Allen story involve incorrect yacht attire? Did I tell that story on the show? No, it didn't involve me going to a party on a yacht when we got off the little barge that took us there. The first person I saw on board this big yacht was James Allen, who, of course, I waged a campaign against to try and get him taken off. ITV's Formula One coverage back in the day, so that was a bit embarrassing. I had to spend the rest of the <laughs> avoiding it, but there was a clothing mishap as well because they made you take your shoes off on board this yacht because it had lots of very expensive carpet and it was for sale. 
And when I did, I realized I got a big hole in one of my socks and I was trying to rotate my socks so the hole was on the underneath and I was busted by the then boss of Aston Martin, Andy Palmer, who laughed at me for having socks on an expensive yacht. So <laughs> it was a brilliant evening all around. You're at a party on an expensive yacht. How bad can it really be? You know, it's uh... Yeah, I know. I apologise for that entire story because it's got a massive clang in the middle of it that I was just glossing over. I happened to be on a yacht. I was in Monte Carlo as well. So, Occupational uh, hazard. Um, well, of course it was. Last question for the evening, I think. This one from Fastest Funk. Has any of you ever bumped a press car? And if so, how did you explain it to the press office? I have two stories relating to this. Sarah, you haven't had a press car. Um, I'm sure I'd give it a good go. Were you involved in an accident in Australia when you drove there? Uh, no, I uh, I was a very good driver. Well, I still am a very good driver. I see a lot of speeding fines. Very good at getting speeding tickets. It's a qualification for being <laughs> on this program, of course. Yeah, 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 there you go. Um, I had a couple of accidents when I first started driving, but that's a bit of an inexperience, isn't it? Just the general sort of bumper to bumper stuff. But overall, I'd like to rate still myself here. a fairly good driver. <laughs> Zog, we've still never here, bumped a car here. and a press well, shoot together, have fun. we? I don't think. Uh, I haven't. No, I haven't done as many press car miles as you or Richard. But generally, I've managed to avoid contact with road furniture, with other vehicles. So yeah, I'm, I'm fairly pleased with my press vehicle record. I do recall at least one occasion when you were behind the wheel, Gareth. When I was very glad that the vehicle had automatic crash avoidance system <laughs> uh, i was just making sure it works you did inadvertently test i'm sure deliberately i'm, I'm of sure course, deliberately. in any way uh, an unplanned event that the vehicle wasn't damaged but we did get a demonstration of its um ability automatic to braking ability yeah. richard you've never written a press car off have you uh yeah i i did i rolled an audi tt i never knew which I've oh is early on yes that's right and and no nothing heroically stupid apart from the audi i scuffed the side of a skoda once and then i you just uh, did that for the alliterative quality of it you scuffed the side of a skoda and then someone drove into the back of me in a mini yeah but nothing like nothing kind of you know good job it wasn't an iq not of the magnitude of some people i know but it's not my place to tell tales on other car writers (laughs) sort of code of silence i had two incidents i had a van the veto the mercedes veto and we were on a camping trip in south wales and it had been raining of course we were camping it was raining and raining and raining and raining for days and we're going down this narrow track really and i hadn't noticed quite how narrow it is and how wide this vehicle was and how soft the verge was and i was just tending to the left and suddenly it went clum oh Right, now I'm at nearly 40 degrees here, and the door's on that side. How do we get out? We, we dropped into the gully alongside the road. We were dragged out by the local rescue people who were sent there by Mercedes, and they did a brilliant job of engineering a sort of a three-way wire involving a Chevrolet Blazer pickup, and it just went pop out of the gully. Oh, my God, that was beautiful and brilliant. But the worst one ever, as someone's mentioned here on the chat line, the live chat chat line the chat line chat line the, <laughs> i had a, a nissan leaf which i took to north wales parked in a hotel to charge it overnight where they had a charging point and stayed at a friend's house kind of next door to the hotel and in the morning the manager came knocking on the door uh gareth what um bin lorry's reversed into your car it was classic early morning bin lorry right keep coming reverse that's someone waving them in keep coming keep coming keep coming crunch 
stop. <laughs> it was in the days where you didn't often get electric cars on charging points. And these guys were emptying the bins there every morning for years and weren't expecting to see a car on a charging point. So totaled it, practically wrote it off. That was embarrassing. That was one of the worst moments. Best moments. 10 seconds on the best moments. Zog. One of my favourite moments actually was you with Hecky Kobalainen. <laughs> riding along with Hecky Kobalainen. That, that was, was fun. <laughs> that was fantastic. I mean, you know, I wasn't there in person, but in terms of content and what it made for the show, I thought that was terrific. And we sang the Finnish National Anthem together. I promised him that if he'd get me up the hill safely, he drove me up the hill at Goodwood, and I, I promised I'd sing, Oi, mame, so me sin me ma, soi sana kultainen. I won't sing the whole thing. Gareth Jones on speed. Greatest hits. Flashback. Hey, nice to meet you. How you doing? Uh, we're going up the hill at Goodwood today. Yep. In a car you've driven before, I hope? Absolutely, I've got one of these at home. This is your company car then, these days? Yeah, my car actually, so it's good. You like the Evora, or would you rather have an Elise as a, as a driver? No, I prefer Evora. Yeah, why? It's, it's just slightly bigger, and still the performance is the same. Probably hear various other supercars. This is the Sunday Times Supercar Parade, I think they call it. How does it feel to do something like this? Oh, it still feels cool, you know. It's uh, it's always cool to take a car to the racetrack, even if it's a road car. So. Um, so are you competing today then, really? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try to overtake the car ahead of me and keep the cars behind me. <laughs> so, uh, well, we go at 30 second intervals. So, uh, if we can get 30 seconds on that Citroen GT in front, that would be great. I'd be great. Get no complaints that's, that's from me, man. That's got to be the target, no? <laughs> Bring me home safely, but as quickly as you possibly can, please, Mr. Cumberland. If you do that, I will sing the entire Finnish national anthem for you at the end in Finnish. Fine. Deal? <laughs> You're going to be able to talk me through this as well. I'd love that. Right, here we go. This car, don't they? Very good. Yeah. good. And the car is good to drive. Is yeah. It's got a great back end. You just get the sense that you yeah. put the back it's, wheels it's where you want. It's a very stable car in the high speed as well, so you can really, really push it, and it's, it's not an issue. So um... I'm glad it's not an issue. 
even if even if the rear wasn't stable, it's still not an issue. But... <laughs> not something that happens every day. Once in a lifetime if you're lucky. I've been up uh, this hill before, as you know, uh, and it was a tremendous amount of fun, but having this man do it, that was a completely different experience. Thank you. Thank you. How do you say thank you in Finnish? Kidos. Kidos? Kidos. Like kudos, I suppose. Yeah, kudos. Now I know. I may have to film a little bit on the way down because I'm going to sing the anthem for you on the way down. <laughs> No burnouts on the way down the hill. You'll follow those instructions, won't you, Hickey? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> You're in a very different situation now with, with Lotus. I mean, the pressure's on because Lotus have to prove themselves. You, know, you had a different kind of pressure from Flavia when you were at Renault, and the kind of McLaren pressure is very regimented. You must be, you must feel. Are you liberated now in, in Lotus? Uh, no, I, it doesn't change. My life really hasn't changed very much and it doesn't change actually much to when I've changed the teams. McLaren it was, a, was a great team and, and, and all that. And uh, I always put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, I want to perform myself and uh, you know, want, to do, want to do good results. And if I don't get everything out of the car and, and, and out of the out of the package, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be happy and I'll push myself, you know, yeah. I'll drive myself, you know, to, to make sure that next time I get more out of it. So, uh, the, the pressure from the team, it doesn't bother me, um, or, you know. Challenges with yourself. Challenges with, with myself. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always, I'm the first one to criticize, you know, if something doesn't go right. And, and I criticize myself and I criticize um, the team, you know, I push the team hard and and you know but do you enjoy it absolutely good every every single minute and if I, like i said the day that i, I don't enjoy it 100 percent, then it's time to stop playing golf for yeah. example yeah <laughs> i think i'd rather see you driving a car yeah no i mean i think uh, there's still a lot of good races ahead of me we're building a, a great team now it's um it's a big challenge but uh, i like challenges i'm i'm not a quitter so uh, I, I go all the way Okay, here's, here's my challenge then, to sing Mame for you. How does it go? Oi Mame, so mi sin mi ma, soi sana kultainen. Join in if you know the words, Aki. E lakso ae kukula, e veteranta rakampa, kuin kotimata po joinen. Makalisi Sien Pretty good, I must say. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. You want the second verse? Sun kokoi stuk restan. I bet you don't know the second verse. Probably not, no. How do you, how do you pick that up? Okay. Uh, well, blame Mika, actually. Ah, uh, okay. He just sang me the Finnish national anthem. In Finnish. <laughs> right through. That's pretty good. Thank you. As we say in Wales, yeah. pleasure. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Alison, uh, right behind Lotus. Enjoy yeah. it. Thank you. Enjoy the ride now. When I, 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 I did. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. That was taking cover lining. And here's the man from Lotus who sorted all that out for me. John. Thanks, man. I got a smile.
fly like a hakey. That's gotta be a first. <laughs> Garrett Jones and speed! Sarah, favourite moment on the show? I think you've asked me that. I said the hoodie from Daniel Ricardo. The Christmas and the show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going, yeah, yep. Yeah. Good. Well, there'll be plenty more favourite moments, I promise you. Richard, you got a favourite single moment? I like doing that 10 years show. It was very nice to meet some listeners and to have all of us up on stage and to invite Lumsden and Alex up there. And it was just it was, it was just a lovely evening, you know. We do something like this and you kind of have a, this vague awareness that people are listening, you hope, but you don't actually see their faces. And when we did that live show, we got to see their faces and their faces were nice. So... Yeah, that was. Well, I, I still have very fond memories of that. Well, I yeah, think that was we should, a great evening. when yeah. lockdown's over and um, it is possible to hang out with people, I think we'll do something like that again at some point. I hope. My favourite moment relates to ten years on speed, but it wasn't actually the gig itself. That was fantastic. But I remember the rehearsals. We have one day's rehearsal with the band beforehand. We put this band of nine people together, and in the morning we rehearsed the guitar, bass, and drums. And we added the keyboards, you Zog and Steve Allen, and Richard came in to do some vocals. And we got Melissa and Anna to come in and do the backing vocals. And we did a song. And the song just sort of took off because I've always played pretty much all the instruments on the songs myself and my messy playing, I fudged through. But to hear this crack band, Freddie Draper on bass, Eric Boitier on drums, he's great performers. Eddie McDonald from The Alarm on yeah, guitar. And the girls singing, and the whole song with Steve Allen on keyboards just lifted it to a level. And I remember in rehearsals, they just sang one note and floods of tears. That was, that was the greatest moment for me, my realisation that I could be in a rock and roll band after all okay let's wrap this up guys it's nearly an hour and three quarters and i said we'd do an hour and a half sorry about that apologies if we didn't get your questions in but i think we'll come back to this on a future episode of gareth jones on speed i'll try and answer everything on here someone saying their favorite moment was you two ribbing me about the ford fusion okay have you got drinks there guys <laughs> I do. Yeah? One. I'm going to go get my drink. Hold on. No, I didn't. <laughs> I forgot. Your wife went and what, what a got something out of the fridge. responsible parent you're no, being. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got I'm so, uh, kind of a bit disappointed. Right Are you doing um, dry October or sober, right. sober October? Um, uh, I wasn't. I did sober September and now it's sober October, so I feel like I've got to keep on rolling with my sobriety. <laughs> because, really? I've been trying uh, to decide yeah. what the most appropriate thing to toast on speed would be is it a bottle of martini that's a sort of good go. motorsport drink isn't it yeah. oh there you go um, or might it be kingfisher which of course paid for the force india team for many years is it going to be that maybe not it ain't going to be that one is it corona no nobody drinks that corona. anymore or perhaps i should choose a classic welsh drink dragon stout Although that looks more like a Chinese dragon to me than a Welsh one. The kingfish is probably the most drinkable so far. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> uh, or how about a bottle of uh, Didier Peroni? I know he's Peroni, but close enough for rock and roll. That might be appropriate. But I think the best possible drink to have today to celebrate this is probably this. Red a Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. There you go. What on earth are Red Bull going to do 
without their Honda engines in two years. I'm not going to get an answer. I was going to say, I'd drink that, Gareth, because it will have no power soon. Very good. We won't answer that question now, what Red Bull are going to do, because that is going to be one of the myriad number of topics in motorsport, road cars, and probably James Bond and all the other daft things that we talk about in a future episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. Just because we've reached episode 400 doesn't mean that it's over. There still may be another three or four episodes in this series. Who knows? But for the moment, charge your glasses. You, if you're at home right I've now and you've got a drink. Go. I've got a glass. Charge. I don't think it's as good as what a dog's drinking tonight. <laughs> Raise your glasses, please, to the webcam. I'll, I'll enjoy it on your behalf, Sarah. I'll, I, uh, I, I, I don't have a glass. I forgot. I, I was you can do an imaginary one. That'll do. British motorways. And cheers, guys. Cheers. Well, cheers. cheers to you all and cheers, cheers to uh, cheers. all of the lovely listeners who I know, uh, I've loved reading the comments. Yes, thank you everyone. It's been thank almost you. as good as seeing your actual faces live, um, yeah. seeing your comments in a little sidebar. So to the, yeah. uh, the future of thank Gareth Jones on Speed thank and you. thank you everyone for your support over the years, not least of all Violet Berlin who lets me take over the living room every two weeks to make a programme. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And actually, thank you for the listeners as well. I've enjoyed being part of it. Thumbs up from me. More to come. Richard, thank you. Thank you, sir. Zog, thank you and your deft ideas. We're still here doing it. Thank all you guys. Love you all. And keep on keeping on. Cheers. This has been Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 400 live. She was Sarah. Bye-bye. He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Richard. Bye, everyone. I was Gareth, and we'll see you for the next On Speed. Thank you so much for listening to our prattle. You have been watching Gareth Jones, Sarah Leach, Richard Porter and Zog, with special guests Alex Goy, Anne Bradshaw, Steve Allen-Jones, Steve Cropley, Dave Stebbings, Alex O'Dell and Ted Kravitz. Additional voice work by me, Violet Berlin. Sketch animation by Zog and John Coombs. Presented, produced, edited and mixed by himself, Gareth Jones. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv Speed Music This is Speed Music Patrick Patrick Head. Patrick. Yes? Patrick. What? Patrick, you're on. I'm what? Live, on air. Sorry. Went for a curry with Keke Rosberg last night. Spicy as a sod. Patrick, everyone can hear you. The microphone is live. What? Now? Say something, but I've just been... Oh, bloody... Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London and Wales by Whizbang. Yeah!